New Year! Yay! How was your New Year's? It was good. Made some curry. Curry. Oh, I didn't know you guys made curry. Yeah, we went to Andre's mom's and we made curry for her. And we did like a taste test of different naan breads. Oh, it was great. Naan. Stella hated all the fireworks. So we spent our night just like playing music really loud so Mama. she wouldn't hear anything. Did you give her CBD? No, I forgot them. <clears throat> I know. Like the one fucking time I needed it. Poor babies. How was your New Year's? It was fine. Spent it with my parents and tried to kick everybody out at 1030, (laughs) but they wouldn't let me. So, (laughs) but they did leave by like 1211. So that's fine. (laughs) I mean, just enough time for the New Year's. Yeah. Happy New Year. Let me go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) It's my yearly New Year ritual is I'll go to bed at like 1030. Didn't your mom say like. I mean, didn't you tell me that like, your mom wouldn't let you, like, eat any of the food you cook? Yeah, because she wanted to take a picture of all the food. <laughs> so, like, for three hours, we had food sitting on the table. And we couldn't take a pi- We couldn't eat anything until she had the picture. <laughs> That's some Filipino mom shit. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, oh, welcome. Sorry. This is the welcome Book Friends podcast. <laughs> we got too into it. We've been drinking a little bit. You know what? We're excited. I think that's what it is. We're yeah. just excited about... The new year and the new book. I'm fucking ready to dive back in. Oh my god. Oh my god. I fucking texted Victoria the other day and I was like, holy shit, have you read? And she's like, I'm reading right now. And I was like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And we couldn't talk about it. And we didn't even get to talk about it last night. And we were like, I was like, we we need to talk about it. Like, I can't just not talk about this anymore. This is a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. So if you're coming back, thank you for coming back. We appreciate it. We are going to be discussing chapters 9 through 15, which essentially is like mid-book. Yeah. We're like halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking taking a turn. Oh, my God. My God. Like like we were talking about last time, the first couple of chapters were like good chapter chapter development, character development, but this is just like, I feel like it went so fast. It was like one. Oh, 100%. Other, after the other. And I'm like, holy shit, what is happening? And like- my fucking mind. Oh, my God. I have so many notes where I just, like, wrote in all caps. So I was like, what the fuck? Oh, all <laughs> of my notes start with holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I have so many notes to say, like, okay, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so when we last left off, right, it was chapter eight. Yeah. Ruby still wasn't home. Right. Mac had come over to kind of schmooze Harper. Like, Try to fuck her. I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> fuck her. Um... And then Harper's back gate was open and she wasn't sure yeah. like how that happened. Yeah. So now we're picking up on the next day, chapter nine. Um, Ruby still is not home. Yeah. That's Harper, like number one thing. Yeah. She's not home. It's been two days. Um, right? No. It, well, it's been a day. Like she was supposed to come back that right. day, but it's like the Almost next day. Yeah. Um, this is when. 
Harper went across the street to have coffee with Charlotte because. But before that. Yeah. So the very beginning of the chapter, she notices that Preston is is like covering Mac's shift. Well, yeah, he's covering the end part of Mac's shift because Mac was at her house. Yes. Yes, he was. (laughs) But. But. Oh, God. Okay. scared. I don't know what chapter it is. But at some point, he talks about how he wasn't at work because the project was taking the week off, right? For, like, July 4th. Oh, Mac. Yeah. So that motherfucker wasn't at work, but supposedly he was at work and Preston was covering the last half of his shift. You know what I mean? Hmm. My only assumption is that, like, maybe it was, like, Harper and Ruby when they would split the shifts. Like, it would be one shift, but they would split it back in the day. Did they split it or did they, she, because. Work it together? Yeah, because, well, because I was thinking she was saying, like, if you want company, I'll come, like, let me know. Not like, hey, will you take the second half of my shift? And I don't remember. I think they were, like, I think Harper was working it and Ruby would just, like, keep her company. I don't think they split it. Okay, yeah. So before she heads to Charlotte's house, she sees Preston. Right. Covering the last bit of Max's shift. And she talks about how they're, like, a close-knit community, kind Correct. of. And, like, I, like, I just, I, I felt like yeah, it was just, like, a fake, like, because she says, I don't know what she says exactly. I don't know what the quote is. But she, the way that she describes the community is how they're very, like, close-knit. That's why they all move mm-hmm. there because they wanted to have, like, that thing. But, like, like you were saying last episode, it's all just, like, a big fucking delusion. It's, like, very Stepford Wives vibes. Yeah, like, you wouldn't expect somebody who knew about your fiancé wanting to leave to, like, not say anything to you, especially if that person is, like, your best friend. But then then she says that they're all, like, confidants rather than voyeurs. Right. So, like, they're not nosy. They all confide in each other. But, like, that's bullshit. Absolutely not. Yeah, exactly. Well, because then you, like, I don't know if what chapter it was, but... Harper starts talking about Javier and about how if a basic person were to see Javier, like at work or at school or whatever, they would see him as this very like professional, nerdy. Like the friendly teacher or whatever. But then she talks about how at home they know he's like completely different. Like he doesn't shave. Unshaved beard on his porch smoking a cigarette. Yeah. I completely agree. Everything's a facade. So the weird thing too going back to Preston taking over Max shift is that he's doing it at like 9 a.m. or whatever time she's going yeah. to Charlotte's. When Harper does her shift at the end of the 15th chapter, it's like she stops at 1130. Yeah. So why is he rolling it into the next morning? Yeah. Like, why did he stay out all night? Or is that what they're supposed to do? Because what's her name? Mark. Is it Margo or, or Tate? Tina. Somebody posts something on the community board at some point asking Margo or asking Harper what happened at like 2.45 in the morning. And Margo was like, oh, nothing happened. But she had finished her shift by like midnight. Right. So were they, are you supposed to go through the entire night? Because Harper was saying throughout, like, I'm splitting my shift into two reasonable sections. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he was out that late, but I feel like nine o'clock is really early. Like, People are probably up, and it, especially all the people that are out running and shit, like Chase, out running early. Right. You could probably finish your fucking shift at, like, four. 
AF. If that's what they're anticipating you to do. Yeah, if that's what the night shift is supposed to be, you could probably just finish it at fucking... But also, it's like, it's a fucking neighborhood watch, right? It's not that fucking serious. Yeah. No way would my ass fucking stay up till 4 a.m. walking around the fucking streets of my community. Yeah. That's fucking insane. Higher security. Yeah, to be fair, though, he is a security guard at the school. Who fucking cares? (laughs) Like, if I wasn't getting paid for that, I would not fucking do it. That's true, but... Oh, the community is so like paranoid. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're gonna talk about that. So yeah, okay. So like you were saying, she goes to have fucking coffee at Charlotte's house. Right. Eh, fucking bitch. Like, okay. So when she gets to Charlotte's house, she talks about how the luggage is gone, the girls are gone, or no, 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 no. that was the weird. Yeah, part. because the girls were still there, but the luggage was gone. Like, yeah, they could have just taken it back up, whatever. But she gave them this whole story. So my theory is like, what if somebody else was staying there, like with them at their house, and that was their luggage? See, I have a different theory. I have a theory. So when she, when Harper first confronted, I forgot what the daughter's name is. Whitney, Molly, Molly. And she said, oh, well, we're going to stay at our dad's house. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Well, when Harper goes to Charlotte's house and she goes, well, I thought they were staying with their dad. She's like, oh, oh, no, that fell through. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, miscommunication. Yeah. I actually, like, I have them for the holiday. It's like, mm, were you trying to flee? Like, were you and your whole family trying to flee? And then you decided that that wasn't a good move? I don't think, I, I don't think with Charlotte being as she is. That she would leave their neighborhood because it doesn't seem like at the first sign of trouble that she would leave because she kicked her husband out for cheating on her. Well, that's one that's that's public scandal. If you're trying to like hide from something or you know something, you might want to flee your children out of the neighborhood. In but case at the same happens at the same time, I think that like that causes a lot of it's such a small community that that causes a lot of like. We know what you're like. If you're fucking leaving, we know that you're fucking leaving. Like you're you're gone. You know what I mean. Also, do you fucking believe that she hit a fucking deer? And no, I think something else happened. No, because Harper mentions that she hits a deer a lot. I think that bitch tried to kill herself. I think maybe she was like fleeing from the scene, or like she couldn't believe what she just did and fucking hit something and like freaked out. Yeah, yeah, no. And she's like, oh. Jumped in front Wait, of Wait, but did that happen, like, before the Truids got murdered? It did, right? I thought it was after. Because when the Truids got murdered, she ran across the street to, right. like, confront Harper. And then I thought that she had, like, her knee replacement thing after. But even still, like, you think she had, like, a mental breakdown and was just, like, freaking out and ran? No, I don't trust that bitch. So, Harper goes over to Charlotte's house. Right. And... They just go straight into small talk. I mean, I mean, there's no small talk. They just go straight into the kitchen. Well, Charlotte's like, like, let's get on with this. Like, here's your coffee. Like, let's get on with this. Say what you're going to say. Essentially. Like, she doesn't try to, like, dance around what she's fucking asking. Yeah. The, the main thing I'm thinking of, and I have been zoning out a tad bit, is where's Chase? He's the cop, right? Ooh. Okay. So, good topic. That bitch actually pops up in the last chapter, which we're not there yet. But we get some hot gas from him. Oh, my God. So much. And we haven't really heard from him too much, except for, like, you know, the flashbacks of, like, the Truits and him being excluded from, like, the community board. And right. 
But, like, we get to learn a little bit more about his perspective on things, which we will get to at the end. Okay, yeah. So, then, as we move on. At the beginning of chapter 11, they talk, they have, like, the community board. And they talk about how they're, like, hearing kids, but they don't see them, like, at the lake. They're like, oh, I heard these kids there, da-da-da, whatever. But, like, couldn't that have been the same thing as what Ruby was saying during her interview with the police? That she ran to the lake because she heard kids there. But, like, she didn't see kids, so she couldn't say da-da-da, whatever. Yeah. Like, this is basically the same thing. She fucking said it, and they're well, fucking saying it. And even they acknowledge, like, of course, Ruby's not the only person at 2 a.m. out in the neighborhood. Yeah. It's just, like, the weird side knowledge of, like, her walking the truth's dog, her having a key to their house, yeah. them being neighbors. It's, like, those little factors that yeah information, I guess. I think, well, yeah, obviously, like, she's not the only <clears throat> fucking person. People have parties in that, like, private... Like, like yeah, yeah. Like, so. All the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I agree. And I think, okay, I think the problem is, or they say that this person's guilty, da, 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 this person did this thing, and you immediately believe that they did that. Then your whole perspective of them has changed, and everything that you think about them is automatically negative. Well, especially if someone's trying to cover something up, it's way easier to pin the blame on somebody who didn't do it. Here's another thing. In the, on the community page, when fucking, is it Charlotte that writes? Um, Excuse me. Non-residents are not allowed at the party. Right. That bitch. Mm -hmm. She's like, um, non-residents are not allowed. And then Preston is like, I like, I I hate Preston. As he brings a Uh non-resident to the party. I like that he's like, um, that's bullshit. We're bringing the food. Well, he puts, like, fear's not going to keep me from, oh, like, celebrating God. the holiday. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah. He's like, I, but I liked that he was like, yeah, maybe you should be a little bit more direct next time. Like, if, I mean, obviously, fair. if this is about Ruby, fucking say, like, Ruby's not invited. Well, again, it's like, pe- the pettiness is insane. Everybody's mm-hmm. too chicken shit to say something, which Ruby yeah. knows, which is why she, like, Ooh. went to the party and yeah. called everybody out. But, like, everybody's too chicken shit to say something, and they're trying to have Harper do everything. Yeah. And then Harper is too much of a pussy to, like, say, this is what I think. She's too busy trying to, like, still remain a vital part of the community, but still be Ruby's friend. And you can't have it both ways. Yeah. So, in Chapter 11, it starts with, like, Harper waking up hungover because mm. her and Ruby drank all night. Mm-hmm. And her kind of, kind of wanting to give a taste, give Ruby a taste of her own medicine. Harper goes to the college. She doesn't tell Ruby where she's been because she's like, you know what? This bitch took my car for 30 hours. I don't need to fucking tell her where I'm going. She wants, the purpose of her going to the college is to like, one, take a drive because she's hungover. Yeah. Two, to get some work so she can work from home because she wants to keep an eye on Ruby Mm -hmm. without having to leave the comfort of her own home. So while she's in her office, she talks about how. Um, well, she sees that weird SUV outside yeah. with no oh plates, we need t- to talk about dark that. tinted windows. Yeah. She doesn't know who the fuck it is. She doesn't recognize the car. She plays it off as sometimes people like families want to visit the college during off hours. They can get their own kind of like <laughs> take on shit, you know? So yeah. she plays it off as that. She goes into the building. Uh-huh. Um, she talks about how Brandon... When mm-hmm. he was a head of admissions. Brandon major- Truett, for those of you that haven't read. <laughs> I would hope you have read by now. Um, 
that he made it a policy to lock all the doors behind you when you're by yourself when there's mm-hmm. no security because... But she kept hearing shit. Well, he made it a policy because he had a rogue student one time who didn't get admitted to the college. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that weird that, like... Okay, here's my theory. Well, here's one of my theories. If a fucking kid shows up because they didn't get into the school, he's the, uh, the former admissions counselor. Mm-hmm. If a kid shows up to the school because they didn't get in. Right. With a weapon, allegedly. Allegedly. What is to stop a kid who didn't get in or who has some sort of grudge against a admissions counselor to go kill him and his wife? T. So this adds a little more sprinkle to the mystery. Yeah. Because she's opening the possibility of, like, there's unhappy students all the time. Yeah. And it also opens the possibility of, like, someone might want to do that to her as well because now she's in the same exact spot. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I wrote is that, like, she – does she think that because that could have possibly happened, like, subconsciously at least, if she's thinking that that happened to Brandon Truitt, does she think that that could possibly happen to her? Like, and is that why she's so fucking deathly afraid all the goddamn time? Well, and she's paranoid in general. Like, the fact that someone so close to her, even though they didn't like each other, everybody avoided them in the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. the fact that someone entered their house and murdered them in their sleep Uh shook her to her core. Yeah. Because it was like, holy fuck, that could happen to our small community, which was never a possibility. You know what I think about Harper? Go on. Spill the tea. I generally like her genuinely generally generally yeah i guess genuinely okay (laughs) but generally i like her but Uh uh-huh i think she's a bitch i think she's not not a bitch because bitch is reserved for women i think she's a pussy that's also reserved for women but like (laughs) (laughs) i think she's a scaredy cat I think, I think she's just fucking scared of everything. You know, I don't particularly like Harper, but I do understand. I'm a very indecisive person. So, like, information from either party can sway me. That's true. Either yeah. way. So, like, I relate I to her. Yeah. Because I, I kind of, like, get it. You know what I mean? Like, on one hand, this is her best friend that she's lived with, right? Right. Maybe she doesn't know all of the details of her life. She never refers to her as her best friend. She always refers to her as somebody that moved in after Aiden left her, her fiance. Right. But she never refers to her as a friend or a best friend. She just says that they fall back into old ways and that she was there for her after Aiden left. But she never says she was a friend. Well, no, she she does call her a friend. Does she? Because she says she took the place as her friend that, um, what's her face? Tate. Oh, she took Fuck that bitch. Yeah. But she says like she took over her position as friend because Tate betrayed her. So like yeah. she does at one point say she's a friend, but like, you know, she's indecisive in the fact that like she wants to believe in her innocence, but she also is so shook that like something like that could happen that she's not sure who would yeah. do it. So like I get I get her indecisiveness. Yeah. It's just annoying to read all the time. Because you're like, make up your fucking mind. Yeah, she's very, like you say, she's very wishy-washy. I think she's, but that's the thing too, is that like, as the reader, do you really know what you would think with having no. that information? That's what I'm saying. No. Like, I yeah. have no fucking idea. As as her, I think a good, a good job that the author did was making her the fucking narrator because you don't know what information you have. 
Right. And every little bit of information can sway you because she's so easily swayed as well. 100%. She's given like very small information and like you're like a small piece of information and immediately she's like, oh, fuck you. You you did this. You obviously did this without even trying to rationalize like either these people are lying, either Aiden was lying or I didn't either like, you know, whatever it may be. Well, and see, I also relate to her in the fact that she has those, like, rose-colored glasses on to where, like, she thought everything was fine. She thought everything was good to go. Everybody was fine. You know, she, like, knew people were fake because it's inevitable. But, like, you know, she didn't think anything was bad. She didn't even know her fiancé was going to leave her. Like, that's true. She goes through life seeing, like, oh, everything's fine. Everything's going to work out, which is, like, not always how it's going to happen. But now that she's learning more information about everybody, she's like, holy shit, I don't know anything. Yeah. I don't know anything about this community that I thought I knew. I don't know anything about the person living with me that I thought I knew. So, like, this book for her, as her narrating it, is, like, her realizing, like, fuck, I'm naive. Like, everybody's telling, always told me I'm naive, but, like, now I'm understanding. I'm actually understanding. Yeah, like, right. I thought I was always, like, just this ambitious person, but, like, I'm not seeing everything as for for what it is. But it could be on the other spectrum, to play devil's advocate, she could be just talking like that because she wants people to think she's naive. But that's the thing is that, like, I feel like as a narrator, you are given the information that this character is feeling, like, 100%, unless... We could get through it and and realize that, like, this, that we have an unreliable narrator. Right. But for the time being, at least 50% of the way through the book or whatever, we're we're seeing these emotions and these thoughts that she's having as, you know, the gospel truth. Right. As how she's actually feeling it, as opposed to being like, well, is she actually feeling that? Da, da, da. That's what we're meant, made to believe is that she's actually feeling these. So maybe when we get through the end she's she doesn't fucking know what's happening but i think i think i don't think that she actually knows what's going on i don't think that she is actually lets her emotions rule her decision i agree yeah so so we're back at the college when she gets into her office after she locks the door behind her and everything we kind of start she kind of starts discussing about like how brandon had that job right it was his office This is how he had his office. This is, like, the impersonal, like, Visa gift card we gave him. Right. Like, little details like that. She finds, she she talked about this small package that was delivered to the college instead of his home. But, like, I'm curious as to why they didn't open the package. She didn't open the package after he, I mean, I get the, like, the privacy thing of it. But me personally, as being the shitty person that I am, if somebody had passed away and we were trying to figure out what the fuck happened to them... I would probably open that package and see what, you know, what was it? What was going on? And how come they never opened it to see, like... Was it a package or was it a magazine subscription? No, there was a magazine subscription, but she also talked about the small package that they had. And they never opened it and she never gave it to the police. No, because she talked about the receptionist. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she said the receptionist put it on her desk to wash her hands of it. She didn't want anything to do with it, but she never opened it. But, like... Wouldn't you, if you were trying to figure out what was going on, wouldn't you want to give that to the police to say, hey, you open it. You figure out what this is because it could be anything. If it's something that's getting delivered to the college instead of their home, it could be something he's hiding from his wife. Or it could be something that, like, he probably forgot to change the address, whatever. 
But I would see who it's from, try to figure out what it's from, what it could possibly be if it's useful to the police and if it's something that could be helpful in their investigation. But nobody did that. See, but again, I relate to her because like, I'm not driven to do things that I don't have to do. So like when she said she shoved all his shit in a closet, yeah. I feel like I would do the exact same fucking uh, thing. I'm fucking, I'm like fucking you figure, here, take this shit. I don't fucking deal with it. You fucking figure it out. I would out. be like, get it away from me. I don't have to see it. I'm going to forget about it. That's how I am too. But at the same time, if your roommate is the one that's being accused of murder and you don't want that person to be accused of murder, wouldn't you want to do whatever you can? Well, who's to say she doesn't want her to be accused of murder? That's like, true. That's but... the thing is like, you don't know what her true intentions are. But I think we can kind of infer from what we're hearing from her emotions and her like commentary lately is that she probably doesn't want her to be because she doesn't want to deal with it. Right. Again, so. hard correlate because yeah. I don't like to deal with shit that there's a stack of fucking shit at my work that like has been there for four years that yeah. I have not touched because I refuse to like handle it. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, I completely understand the, like, forget it kind of, like, aspect yeah. mentality. I guess I'm on the opposite where I'm, like, if if we were roommates and, like, you were accused of being murdered, I'd be, like, here, take this and, like, try to figure out where the fuck this came from, if it's going to be of use to you. Because in the end, I personally always feel like something's going to come back to bite me in the ass. So I'm going to be, like... No, take all of this shit, take all this evidence, take all these things that could possibly be evidence and try to figure out if it's somebody else. But when you're told that that's fact, right? Like everybody in the neighborhood was like, it's a fact that Ruby killed them. You're not going to really, if you're like mindlessly going along with them, you're not really going to do your own investigation because you're like, well, you know what? They're right. They have all this evidence. Who am I to say that like she's innocent? But I also feel like she, I feel like she's not, just following what the community says because she was the only one to testify on her behalf. But even when she got there, she changed her, like, testimony. And then... To be kind of against Ruby. I don't think it was against Ruby. I think she was just telling kind of what Well, according to her, she said it was the truth. Yeah. But when it came out, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, well, she did do all this shady shit. Like... But, I mean, you can spin anything. You can spin anything to make it seem like it was uh, fucking bad like it was nefarious right okay so after she talks about she like talks about brandon and his shit at the college she talks about the hazing and like all the deaths at the lake she brings up again the fucking charlotte hitting a deer she's like the only dangerous thing here is like she talks about that a lot deer it's like i feel like they're either she's really fucking fascinated that this bitch got in an accident like with a deer even though they're surrounded by fucking woods but or like something else has to be like leading to that yeah like i just have like a really strong feeling that like here's the thing she got in an accident it wasn't due to a deer it was due to something about that night or something i read no i listened to an audiobook a Megan Miranda book before. And I think I'll, she doesn't necessarily put things in that aren't necessary to the story. Right. So when she puts something in there, it's going to have some sort of like reason. She has a reason for putting that in there. She doesn't just put bullshit in there. To That's be what like, I'm saying. Like, I feel like it's going to come up again and it's going to be that the reason she got in an accident was for something else. I think I, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't think it's Charlotte. I know. I obviously. I think you think it's Charlotte, or like she's on your suspect list, right? She's, she's on definitely on my suspect list. I don't think it's her, and I'm gonna tell you why later. But 
Yeah. No, I, I agree that something did happen with Charlotte and with the deer, quote unquote. But I don't think it was a deer. And I think it was something else. Right. But I, I don't think that it was Charlotte that murdered them. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. <laughs> so I do think that. what When did she start talking about how they like believed in the honor code? And how they didn't, um, what what did they say exactly? They don't have, like, security cameras yeah. and shit. Yeah. When does she? She talks about that, well, in this chapter, like, while she's in, in the college. Yeah. About how, like, um, they don't have security cameras and shit because it's, like, the honor system. But and- isn't that weird that she says that the town is an extension of the college right. and vice versa yet the people in the town have cameras on their houses but they don't have security cameras in the college well because they believe in the honor code but she also mentions that people were stealing like packages and shit so that could have been a reason why they installed the cameras in the first place because they caught the package thief and then on top of that is when they saw Charlotte's husband cheating on her but wouldn't they also put security cameras in the if he wanted if he if Brandon Truett truly thought Somebody was gonna was out to get him, and he wanted people to lock the doors after them if they were the only ones in the building. Wouldn't they put security cameras in if they could put security cameras on houses? They already have know. security. Well, the way Harper made it sound was that it was like a bad look for the college. I guess if they were like riddled with security cameras, but they have a security guard. It doesn't look like a very safe college. They have a fucking security guard running around. Yeah, but that only works during office hours. It's not like they're there twenty four seven. But. Security cameras are, are, aren't they, like, they're the norm. Like, a, I would assume any place I go has a security camera, even a college. I mean, that's what I would assume, too. But if you're, like, in a small community and you're, like, oh, our college is so prestige, we don't even need security cameras because it's, like, only the best of the best come here. Then, you know, people, are like, really die hard with those fucking expectations. I don't know. I think that's stupid that they don't have security cameras. So... Charlotte's leaving. She got all her work. When she's locking up her office, she's hearing like these pitter patter. She starts freaking out. She starts running towards the exit and she turns and she sees Preston Siever. And according to him, even though they're on vacation for summer, he's working the morning shifts per his whatever boss's request. And they start talking and she um, they bring up the creepy SUV. Yeah. And he said that it had been there the day before and he didn't know whose it was, but it was in a different spot. Yeah. So obviously someone's moving it. Here's the thing. Here's my theory. Okay. So I think, and we find out in a later chapter that Harper's car was at the college. I think Ruby either took the car to the college, took the SUV without plates wherever she needed to go came back and took the car out because we know that mm-hmm. Preston had introduced whatever girl he took to the party he had said like oh that's my neighbor Harper's car well and that's one of the big twists in the final chapter yeah or in chapter 15 is that you learn that Ruby wasn't just hanging out with her attorney and yeah drink. she was doing other shit including Going to the college in Harper's car. Yeah. Where she had Harper's keys to potentially get into the school. Mm. 
she said specifically, like, she went to the college. She could have gone to the college with my set of keys. And that could have let her into the fucking offices. So we have, like, no fucking idea what Ruby was doing at the college. And I think it was weird that Preston was like, do you know whose SUV it is? And, like, he doesn't remember if it was in the same spot or not. But if you saw an out-of-place SUV one day... Wouldn't you remember if it was moved the next day? He well, said he didn't know. And if you're a security guard yeah. for that college, call the fucking police. Yeah. Like, call the tow company, which I think is what Harper said. And he said, oh, you don't want to tow the wrong person's car. Yeah. If so it's you, like, obviously you're not that fucking worried about it. You yeah. know, it's been parked here the past two days. So I wonder if he knew whose who's SUV it was and was like putting up a front. Like, Oh, he has to know. I something. don't know who the guard is. But like, you didn't know where it was parked the day before and you didn't know whose car it was and why it didn't have plates and right. you're pretending to like look inside and da 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 whatever but like when she's driving away you're just kind of like huh eh, mm-hmm. whatever you fucking know exactly so harper leaves she's heading back to um her house her house she on her way back to the house sees ruby and her running attire talking to mac and he sidewalk. is obviously like he's smiling. He's back into it. He's oh, yeah, like 100%. walking down to talk to her. I don't think he was ever out of it. No, I think he's bullshitting and trying to pull into the shit of like, oh, I I don't believe or I believe I don't believe that Ruby's innocent. Da da da. Whatever. And then it's like, oh, I'm still into her. I'm gonna laugh at shit she says, and I'm gonna da da da. I don't think he's dumb. I think he's just trying to get his dick wet. I don't know about that. I think that he's, I think he's still, like, because he went to go see her in prison. Right, to tell her that they were broken up. Which it's like. Not to tell her they were broken up, to make sure that they were broken up. True. To make sure that they were done. Yeah. So, like, was he upset that they were done? True. And, like, now that she's back and free, is he actually, like, and obvious? ugh, ugh, Okay. Talk about that, but like, oh God, and yeah. So I talked about this earlier. He he says that he wasn't at work because the project was off that week, but he couldn't complete his night shift the day before, or yeah, the day before because he had to work early. Like that still doesn't make sense. And like, he obviously still has feelings for her, or he knows something and is pretending to right have feelings for her. So and then Harper does the obvious thing. Where she stops in the middle of the fucking road where Ruby and Mac are talking. And she's yeah. like, what's up, guys? What yeah. are you talking about? It's like, if you didn't want her to know you were fucking her ex-boyfriend, definitely don't look suspicious and yeah. stop in the middle of the fucking road like yeah. that. So, like, yeah. She she goes over there. She's talking to her, whatever, da-da-da. She leaves. She goes running. Mac comes out and it's like, Harper's like, why were you talking to her? What's going on? Da-da-da-da. And he's like, oh, I figured it'd be weird if I didn't talk to her, blah, 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 whatever. Right. And then Harper goes home and she hears Ruby's phone ringing. And it turns out she goes to go look at it. She turns out it's the lawyer. And she's like five missed calls from the lawyer. That's why she knows it's five missed calls from the lawyer. And the lawyer texts like, hey, we need to talk. Call me back. Right. And then when Ruby comes home, she's like, oh, I didn't get to go running because it's too hot. Mm -hmm. Like she's like, Harper tells her. Oh, your phone, I think your phone was ringing. You need to go check it out. And she's like, oh, it's probably just spam. But she doesn't care to go check it out. She doesn't care that it's a lawyer. She doesn't even call her back, as far as we know. 
like why she either she knows what her lawyer is going to tell her or she doesn't give a shit what her lawyer has to say so there's got to be something about that and that's when we find out that mac went to go see ruby in prison because ruby tells her you know he came to come see me right she's like no whatever and like i think at this point harper is talking about mac a lot and she's talking about why she doesn't know what she saw in him yet she still made a point to go see him and to talk to him and to like make it seem like you know nothing was wrong da 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 whatever right so we learned that and then and then we learned that Ruby's father passed away and Harper didn't know that either so that's another thing right well and I feel like Ruby's just being really petty in this chapter because it's like it's not she gets really upset when when she's like, oh, my dad passed away. How did you not know that? It's yeah. Like, it's also not Harper's responsibility to yeah. know, like, every aspect of your life while you're incarcerated. Like, yeah. she, she talked fucking to your know. dad when you got incarcerated because she wanted to know what to do with your shit. Yeah. He said, give it all away. Why else would she have to talk to him? Yeah. Like, why else would she have to keep up, like, fucking appearances with your family? Yeah. There's, I mean, there's no reason. And for Ruby being so outspoken... Why is she being petty about everything? Just fucking yeah. say what you have to say. Yeah, just say, I know you fucked him. I but know because it or whatever. It's probably the long con. Yeah. Like, she wants to keep her cards close to her chest. Con! Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So then we get to chapter 13 where Harper is just working, 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 working. And with you saying she's so outspoken, Ruby's just fucking quiet. She doesn't fucking say shit. She doesn't right. say anything at all. And she's just like, whatever. And then she kind of foreshadows that, like, you know, I can guess every little thing that's happened around here. So obviously she knows that they had sex. She obviously knows that Harper and what's-his-name are having sex. Well, and this is when it starts out that, like, Harper's working from home, and she's like, oh, well, I have watch tonight. And Ruby's like, yeah, whatever. Watching from what? Like, what are you so scared of? Because, like... Obviously, Ruby's scared of some shit, or she wouldn't yeah. sleep with the fucking knife under her bed. Yeah, and she's like, so why oh, is she trying are, to be aren't they so... watching for me? Yeah, yeah, why is she trying to be so, like, blasé about it if yeah. she's also scared? Yeah. And then, yeah, so that's, like, what it, what is she looking for? And then, like, something that I found interesting was that when Harper ends up going on to the Night Watch, like, she makes a point to say that, like, Whitney was coming home. Like, she's like, I don't know who that was. I try to call out, say, hey, Charlotte, whatever, da-da-da. But mm-hmm. it was Whitney, and she'd answer me, and, like, Charlotte was like, you missed dinner, da da whatever. Yeah. But it's like, why does that matter? Well, she's talking about, like, how ordinary to, like, her first shift was, right? Like, people were leaving the pool at night. People mm-hmm. were going back to their porches. Everything was fine. Like, she doesn't know why everybody's freaking out. And then she goes home and she finishes up her work and she goes, you know what? I'm going to do another run at 1130. And then, well, I think before that, is it before that or after that, that she goes out and she hears like that shit at the pool. Right. That's when she does her second run. So when she does her second run, she hears like the gate shit close and she's like, oh, well, maybe people are just like swimming late, even though they're not supposed to. Mm -hmm. And that's when she sees the footprints from the pool to the lake. In the same spot where, like, Mac had pulled her the first time when Mm -hmm. Ruby got there. So, like, she's like, okay, well, that's a little weird. And when she keeps walking is when she sees Chase sitting on his porch with the lights off. Yeah. And he essentially says, like, oh, well, I kept my lights off because I wanted to catch you. I didn't want you to, like, ignore me. Yeah. Which is fucking weird. So he was being a fucking creep. Like, how long 
was he sitting out there, like, watching and waiting for her to fucking come out? Yeah, because like, he didn't know when she was going to do another run. Yeah, but he knew she was on Nightwatch, so, like, well, yeah. Were you out there for, like, fucking five hours just waiting? And, and, and like, that's fucking weird. And then he talks about how somebody was trying to get into his house. He's like, oh, Ruby tried to get into my house. How do you know it's fucking Ruby? Through the garage. Yeah. Like, someone tried to jimmy the lock. How do you know it was fucking Ruby that tried to get into your house? It could have been anybody. Well, Chase is not really on my suspect list anymore. Because I feel like he's just a cop that's trying to get back into his good graces. Mm. We'll talk about that. Yeah. So, like... He's like, oh, I will be back. I will be back. And then this is when Harper starts to get a little defensive. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you don't know what you're talking about. I heard what you told Javier. I like, I'm his next door neighbor. Of course, I can fucking hear everything. You're the reason why, like, they had a mistrial because you're trying to coach everybody Mm -hmm. and convince everybody that Ruby's a murderer, but you have no actual fucking proof. And what got me was that Chase was like, everybody was talking about what... How how can you how can you still believe Ruby when everybody was talking about what she was mouthing to you at trial? And she was like, right. what do you mean? Because Harper thinks she was mouthing thank you. So the whole time her basis has been, oh, well, she thanked me for my yeah. testimony. When Chase was saying that all the cops were saying she was mouthing fuck you. Right. Instead of thank you. And it really is, starts to ooh, tarnish yeah. her memory because yeah. she's like, well, did she like say fuck or did she say thank? Like. She's trying to remember, like, mm-hmm. how her, like, mouth was forming because she mouthed it. Mm-hmm. So she can no longer remember exactly what happened. She goes, did she say fuck you? Is she plotting against me? Or did she say thank you? And Chase is just trying to fuck with me. And it's, like, hard to know. Right. So then she goes home. Well, before she goes home, when she's leaving Chase's, she notices that someone, the trees are wrestling by mm-hmm. the tree line behind everybody's mm-hmm. house. And she starts thinking about how all the gates were unlocked so she goes to look and sure as shit when she gets to the truett's house the gates unlocked in the yeah back. yeah and she's unable to lock it because you would have to be inside the gate to lock it yeah and this is what i'm thinking is that somebody knew that okay so somebody leaves a note at harper's house and she knew or she walks in and she sees a note and she's like what the fuck i didn't know i left the door unlocked because his door was unlocked. Right. And she's like, what the fuck? And then I think that the person that left it there knew she was out. And then they're squatting at the Truett's house. Or they, like, knew she was coming home soon. And they ran to the Truett's house after they left a note to make sure she found it instead of Ruby. Well, but- and it's hard to pinpoint because the entire community knows that she's on watch tonight. Yeah. So the weird thing is, is they don't know... If Ruby's awake or not. Mm -hmm. So it's weird that like Ruby's upstairs like asleep in the house and she has no fucking knowledge that someone one broke into the house. Yeah. And two like left all that shit in the front and left the door unlocked. Yeah. They would have to have left. So like how does the person who left the note not think that they're going to get caught? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot. There's like a missing link right there. That's the thing too is that another part of me. Is like maybe it was Ruby because Ruby starts talking about like I know what you did, did it, whatever. So yeah, it could possibly be that like Ruby's the one that did it, and she's like that she did it, and then she went to bed, she unlocked the door, did it, whatever. But it doesn't specifically say that what's her name locked the door whenever she left. Well, going back a few steps, um, I thought another thing that was weird 
was when Chase was like, what do you mean you heard me talking to Javier? Uh, and she yeah. goes, I heard you tell him to, like, keep it simple, like, do this and do <clears throat> that, like, coaching him. Mm-hmm. And at first, he had no fucking response to that. He just says, you don't know what you heard. Yeah. Right? And then, like, later, you find out, then he has an answer. Yeah. He's like, like oh, oh I about was saying, that. Right. Yeah. I was saying it because they were trying to bring up rumors and rumors isn't evidence. But it's like, why couldn't you have said that when she first called you out? Yeah, you could have just said... Why did you have to think about it yeah. and then rebuttal, like, way after the fact? Yeah, you easily could have just said, like, oh, that wasn't that wasn't what I meant. So I thought that was weird, too. Okay. So then we go into chapter 14. Oh, hold on. So this is when things start to get hella juicy. Oh. <laughs> and we learn... So much. Supposedly... That Ruby had slept with Aiden. Oh my god! I when I read that, I was like, "Holy shit! I cannot believe that this bitch fucking slept with Aiden." And not only did she sleep with Aiden, but the entire fucking neighborhood knew again mm-hmm. and did not say well jack fucking shit. Not the neighborhood, the boys, all of the boys that threw him that little mm-hmm. fucking party. Remember, John, you're not getting a party. <laughs> <laughs> All the boys that threw him that little fucking party fucking said, fucking knew, allegedly, that Ruby had slept with Aiden, which is nobody fucking decided to tell her. Y'all are all a bunch of fucking assholes. And of course, Preston waits until it's in front of the whole entire neighborhood to be like, oh, you didn't know? Yeah. And why would she get mad at you for sleeping with Mac when she slept with Aiden? mm -hmm. Like, oh, you didn't know? I thought you knew. And before that, when he's like, trying to figure out where Mac is, he asked in front of everybody, oh, Harper, where's Mac? And, like, she's right. like, I don't know. Why would I know that? And he's like, oh, she doesn't know. She can't get mad at you because of Aiden. And what? she's like, what the fuck? He's like, because she slept with him. Like, oh, what? Like, you can't, what a fucking dick move. You obviously knew what you were doing. And then later on, you want to try to act like everything's fine because she's on right. your side now. Right. Fuck you. So they're setting up for the 4th of July party at the pool. Mm-hmm. Harper mentions that everyone is acting like way more chill than they're supposed to be acting. Mm-hmm. She knows Ruby's going. She asked Ruby not to go. She said, please don't fucking go. Mm-hmm. I'm begging you. She goes anyway. And Ruby's like, I'm not going to be ignored anymore. To be ignored and I want the people who are accusing me of fucking murder to see my face and talk to me. Uh-huh. Because... Tell me one, how you fucking feel. The one thing that this community does is talk shit behind everybody's back, not face-to-face. Are we going to Barnes & Noble today? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so she says, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking going. I don't give a fuck what you say. She's like, and don't worry, I won't show up empty hand." Empty-handed, I'm going to make uh, sangria. Yeah, she made, like, two pictures of sangria. <laughs> Which, I haven't had sangria in a while. Let's make sangria soon. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, yeah. She fucking is like, whatever, I'm going to go. I cannot believe this bitch just fucking shows up and, like, acts like nothing's wrong. And I yeah. know I know why. I just, it just fucking, because my personality, I, again, we talked about this in the first episode. I would not just fucking go and fucking saying anything like i i i just wouldn't go if i knew people were fucking well trying to talk shit about me i could see it though like so if people are constantly blaming you for something and they're too pussy to say it in front of your face 
I would 100% show up and be like, what do you have to say? Say it to my face. So chapter 14 is a quick little chapter that drops a big bomb. Yeah. And then kind of leaves you for the next chapter. Oh, my God. Whatever you fucking learn about. I fucking texted Victoria and was like, are you reading? (laughs) Like, I had to know right then and there if she and she was not yet where I was. And I was like, we need to talk about this. You need to hurry up and finish because holy shit, that fucking blew my mind. So, so, yeah. Ruby gets real drunk. Oh, hold on. Here's the thing is that, yeah, she's getting real drunk, but I think that when Ruby shows up, she, like, waves at Whitney and Molly. I think Whitney likes Ruby. and she even says that Whitney reminds her of her. Yes. And here's the thing. I wrote this in caps. I think Whitney did it. Mm. I think Whitney did it because, like, I think she fucked Brandon Truitt, and then she blamed Ruby because... Doesn't she go up to Preston and is like, oh, I can take some alcohol. Like, and he's like, oh, think again, little bird or whatever the fuck he says. Yeah, but then he also flirts with her back. Yeah, but she's going after older men, just like they mentioned multiple times that Ruby goes after older men. And so if she's just like Ruby, but Ruby wasn't the one to fucking murder Brandon Truett, I think she might have done What would be Whitney's motive for murdering Brandon Truett and his wife? Is that she was trying to get too serious with him and he didn't want it. Maybe she tried to get admitted in the college. Maybe. I I don't know. I don't think that was a thing. I think it could be. It could definitely be. I don't know what age she is. I don't know either. But I think, yeah, I think she's at the age where she's trying to go to college. But I think it could have been like he denied her a serious relationship because she's so young. I think she's like 16 or 17. He denied her a serious relationship and she was like, well, I'll expose you and you'll lose your job. And he was like, no, we're not doing this anymore. Whatever. And then she murdered them and was like, oh, well, she's not dumb. She's like, obviously, like, Ruby's their fucking dog walker, blah, 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 whatever. And she set her up. I think. I don't know. That seems like a stretch. I don't think so. I think because she, she, it, there's so many clues that she also is like Ruby. She goes after older men like Ruby. And who better to blame it on than somebody who is also carefree, who goes after older men who is uh, associated with these people. Now, let me tell you my person of interest, besides Charlotte. Okay. Is the woman who takes care of her mother and Tina, father. Tina Monaghan. We don't know a lot about her. Everything True. we've heard about her is like, oh, she's a saint. She, like, moved in with her mother to take care of her father. Ugh. You know what I mean? There has to be something with that because she was supposedly best friends with the Truitts. She took it the hardest because she was their best friend. She Did was she? close with the wife. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. So, like, it, it, there's just, we don't know enough about her to, like, rule her out. But I don't think, I don't think, because the dad obviously thinks that Ruby did it. I just don't think there's enough to say that it was Tina. But at the same time, that could be it. Like, Megan Miranda's not saying enough about right. her. She I want s- you to focus on all these other characters and but their I, shady ass shit. I still think there's enough. And then boom, she's gonna fucking drop that shit in your face. I still think there's enough to say that it was Whitney. Because they they talk. Why else would you talk about the kids so fucking much? I think that there's enough I to mean, talk about I, her. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's the reason she was trying to ship them off. Like mm. to get them out of the fucking to get them out of the community to like um, you know. Not have people suspect them. Maybe you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. 
It's going to turn out to be Ruby anyway. So, chapter <laughs> motherfucking 15. Oh, my bitch. God. That bitch is fucking outburst. Was she just like, it took her like a second to like fucking she blow got shit up faced. on everybody. She fucking, yeah, she turned on everyone, including like, Harper. Including, oh, my God. And she had to have been doing this the entire time with Ooh. fucking Harper. She She obviously was planning... Well, and she never said that she fucked Aiden. She said that he tried relentlessly, and she That's true. said and no. As a feminist, I believe her. <laughs> yeah. So like, but, I don't yeah. know. I just I feel like Ruby is innocent. Yeah. And people are trying to like make Harper Harper. Why keep saying Harper? Make Harper hate Ruby. So it'll be like all of them against her. Yeah. And what got me was that like Mac was comforting her hardcore. I don't think Mac did it. But I don't understand why he was comforting her so intensely. That's, like, something that you would do for, like, a good friend or, like, I mean, normally as, like, an empathetic person. I I get that, but I also don't understand why he would do that for somebody that he had, excuse me, so many reservations about at the beginning of the book. And then all of a sudden he just falls back into place and is like, it's okay. Like, don't worry about it or whatever. Like, why? He genuinely likes Harper. You mean Ruby? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Oh, he was comforting Ruby. He was comforting Ruby. So that's why I don't understand is that, like, why are you comforting her? I mean, unless you're just a generally nice person, but it doesn't sound like that's what, that doesn't sound like him. At least from what I'm understanding. I don't know. Maybe he feels obligated to comfort her because they used to be a thing. Maybe. Even though he, like, has his suspicions of her. He never, like, fell out of, like, love with her. I, I think that's the thing, too, is that we don't know enough about him to, like, come to that conclusion. But something that I did think was that, like, whenever she freaked out and then Mac went to comfort her, everybody just pretended like everything was okay. And nobody asked Harper if she was okay after she freaked out on her. Nobody was like, hey, are you okay? What happened? Like, Well, they gave her, on? like, a little, like, mm, it'll be okay. Here's a yeah. drink. Like, they, I'm so, like, Do you, know. you want cheese on your burger? Like, okay. Like, fucking, nobody went up to her, like, how Matt comforted Ruby. Nobody comforted her. Well, Preston gave her, like, vodka and then gave her, like, a little chin nudge, like, ah, champ. But that's different than Matt See. talking to, to Ruby and hugging her and making sure she was okay. Well, I'm sure he was also trying to get her to calm down. But. Well, but still, I don't, I, 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 I just don't get that, like. That he was just trying to get her to calm down. Yeah. I, I get that, like, he was... Like, but another thing that was weird was when Mac went off to comfort Ruby, Harper was going to get a drink, and she notices that her mug was gone, mm-hmm. which Ruby had it, and Ruby left her mug on the table. Mm-hmm. So she rinsed out Ruby's mug, mm-hmm. which I thought was Why weird. not just take your mug? Or why rinse it out? Like, yeah. dump it out and get another drink. I would rinse it out. I mean, I would if I I would dump it out and rinse it and get another drink because she was probably not getting the same one. Maybe. So she she dumped it. She rinsed it. She got another drink. She's like, "Eh, whatever. Harper goes home pissed because of the whole confrontation. Oh, here's my thing. Hold on. After Matt comforted her, that bitch still went back to the party. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Ruby still went back. Oh, my God. She's like laying on the lounge chairs, watching the fireworks, dancing. So Harper was like, yeah, you know what? Go fuck that bitch. She obviously doesn't give a fuck. She Mm -hmm. didn't come up to me. She didn't apologize. She goes to her house, locks the doors, because she doesn't want Ruby to come Packs her shit. Starts packing Ruby's shit up, and she gets a knock on the fucking door. Mm -hmm. And it's Margot, right? Mm -hmm. Saying that... Ruby's not breathing. Ruby's not breathing. They left her on the lounge chairs after the party, which is like... Mm -hmm. 
for Matt comforting her so much, you would think he wouldn't just leave her on the fucking lawn chairs all passed the fuck out. I mean, maybe he didn't know she was passed out. Maybe he thought she was just, like, sunbathing or something. It's nighttime. They're watching fireworks. Well, I mean, maybe he was just thought she was just chilling. She was just relaxing. I don't know. I feel like if you're packing up a whole party and you see someone just, like, on a lounge chair, eyes closed, you'd be like, hey, you good? Like, should we were, take you home? Were they packing up? Or yeah. was it just after the party? The party was done. So, oh. like, everybody's packing up their own shit to leave, I would assume. You wouldn't just be like, oh, I'm going to leave this here till tomorrow. You want to hear my theory? Yeah. Okay. My th- Have you ever seen Murder on the Orient Express? No. Did you ever read the book? No. Okay. So, it's a book by Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's so good. If you ever get a chance to watch the movie, fucking watch the movie. Or read the book. I have it. Do you want to read it? I have it. I'm going to read it to you. Everybody's a part of the murder. Everybody. They're pretending mm. that, like, they're trying to figure out who, who the murder is. It's everybody. And so I'm thinking it's a, it's, it's a fucking, it's the same thing. It's, it's like murder on the Orient Express. I think everybody's a part of it. And I think that they all scheme together because, what did I write? They're so condescending and hated that, they, oh, oh, about, they scheme together to get rid of the Truitts. Because they talk about how the truths were so condescending and hated that they tried to get rid of them. And they, because they hated that they challenged their way of life. And they blamed it on Ruby because she was also out of control. And she was seemingly lost. And she had, she was too carefree for the community. And she was also challenging their way of life. So they blamed it on Ruby so they can get, you know, get rid of two birds with one stone. They can get rid of the Truitts, even though they were the first, like one of the first couples that were there. They can get rid of the Truitts and also get rid of Ruby because... It wasn't following their lifestyle. Maybe. I mean, that's a good theory. Like, maybe each one of them did something shady mm-hmm. that, like, Ruby saw and that the the Truett saw or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they devised this scheme to, like, well, we're all going to be in on it to get rid of the Truitts. Mm-hmm. Who do we know is closest to the Truitts? Ruby. Yeah. She walks their dog. She has a key to their house. Yeah. It'd be easy to pin it on her because she has no other... You know, there's alibis no, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. She's so carefree. Yeah. I mean, that's good. That's a good idea. I didn't think about that. I think it's everybody. I mean, and it could be because the whole neighborhood's fucked. They're all so fucking delusional. It's insane. Well, and what I like, too, like, going back before this chapter ended was, like, when Ruby was coming home from the college, she talks about how the lake water is, like, decreasing. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how all the shit from underneath is, like, rising and it's, like, rotting. And it's, like, a good metaphor for like the community rotting it's yeah. like a good metaphor for like the community rotting and like their facade rotting mm, mm-hmm. because like at first the facade of the lake is like oh how beautiful you get to live but on then this you lake. see all the dead roots and the right. trash and, and it's the... kind of like the neighborhood it's like you know a good metaphor for like the facade of the neighborhood no i agree i i i think it's either whitney or I think everybody had a hand in it. Or everybody knew about what was going on. I don't know. I, I still think there's something sneaky about Charlotte's accident and the fucking bitch taking care Did of Did you dad. mention the accident a lot? A lot. A lot. But I, I, I think it has something to do with it. But, but you I, could be right. It could be her part in the murder ooh, along what if, with everybody else. What if she was driving with Whitney and Maybe. she was the only one that got harmed? Or what if, like, Whitney ran to her at the end and was, like, freaking out. And she's like, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's call your mom and ask. No. Okay. So they they knock on her door. They tell her that she's passed out. She's not breathing. 
they wait to call 911 until they knock on Harper's door. Yeah, why so don't like, they fucking... Why the fuck wouldn't you have called 911 the minute you found out she's not breathing? I think because they want Harper to think. And did it have something to do with Harper's drink, her mug? Was that intended for Harper? Harper? And Ruby ended up with it. I don't know because Har- Ruby's the one that brought the mug. But it got switched out at some point. So, like, who knows if somebody, like, poured shit in Harper's drink, thinking Harper was going to drink it. Ruby picked it up when she was upset to go talk to Mac. She's the one who fucking ended up drinking some poison or shit. You know what I mean? Something's fucking off about that. They played it off like she had too much to drink, but it's a weird coincidence that she had Harper's mug. But here's the thing, is that I think that they, because Preston obviously was filling her drink, he knew she had her own drink. And he would have known the color of her cup, right? I don't know. He would have known that it was, he was, she was drinking out of a drink that he, if he had been the one to poison or whatever. I'm thinking now if it was a group murder and they can't get Harper on board, it's better to get her out of the scenario. But they than did get her on board this, this whole thing. They, they obviously did get her on board after they told her that she tried to fuck Aiden. Unless it's too wishy-washy and now that Ruby's calling everybody out, they're scared that some truth's going to come out because she obviously knows something. But then wouldn't they want to kill Ruby instead of Harper? I don't know. So then wouldn't they put something in Harper's drink instead? They did put something in Harper's drink. She had her mug. I mean, Rudy, Ruby's drink. Wouldn't they put something in Ruby's drink that she was drinking? I don't know. I don't know. We will find out, hopefully, um, in the next section. So the next section we're going to be reading is through uh, July 8th. So if you're reading the hardcover or paperback, that is through page 265. And that is through chapter, read through chapter 21. So chapter 16, which is Friday, July 5th, to chapter 21. Um, And then we'll read that for the next episode. And we will discuss 16 through 21. Let us know your thoughts, comments, any anything we may have missed in this episode, you can DM us at bookfriendspod on Instagram. You can follow us on bookfriendspodcast on Facebook. You can email us at bookfriendspod at gmail.com. Make sure to review, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, anywhere you got your podcast. Um, Let us know anything that you think we could be doing better, anything that you wish we would discuss more. We're thinking about starting a group on Facebook for each book that we read for each episode to uh, let you guys uh, give your thoughts and anything you want us to maybe discuss in that episode. We're going to start posting things. We'll share that on our Facebook page and um, let you know. Um, Yeah. Anything else? So the next episode um, will be the last like big hunk of book that we'll discuss Um, and then the week after we're just going to kind of tidy things up get to the end of the book and then reveal the next book that we're going to be doing for February I'm excited for the February book so stay tuned for that so excited for the February book you guys aren't even ready (laughs) (laughs) and uh, we will see you guys next week thanks Mm -hmm. so much bye bye wow